There seems to be a persistent rumour on this forum that Radon's conquest of the stars was a defensive deed, that he just wanted to keep his land safe from space monsters. This is, to not put too brave a point on it, merely wrong. There is literally naught I the entire game that so much as implies it and tons of contradictory evidence. Hence for what hath he doth it. First, a quick review of what holding back the stars actually entails. E.g. The fate of the Carrion royal family is guided by the stars, as is the fate of Lady Rani, first heir in the Carrion royal line. But General Radan is the conqueror of the stars, who stood up to the swirling constellations, halting their movement in a smashing victory. And so, if General Radan were defeated, the stars would once again resume their movement, as would Lady Rani's destiny, perhaps even revealing the elusive path. That leads to Nokron. Selen, the stars alter the fate of the Carrion royal family and the fate of your mistress, Rani. But long ago, General Radan challenged the swirling constellations and in a crushing victory, arrested their cycles. Now, he is the force that repulses the stars. If General Radan were to die, the stars would resume their movement, and so too would Rani's destiny. Blade. Hmm. So Rani's fate is kept in stasis by Star Scourge Radon. That reminds me of something I heard. There's a festival being held at the castle on the southern edge of the Kalid Wilds, east of Limgrave. It's a festival of combat. Amber starlight item, found in front of a statue of Michaela and Millennia. If the stars command our fates, then amber-hued stars must command the fates of the gods. Such is the belief that inspired the use of these shards to prepare a most special draft, cannot be consumed by mere humans. Radan not only beat up some monsters, he froze everyone's fate by doing so, or at least those of the Carrions and the Halig Tree, though the line, if the stars command our fates, implies it included regular humans too. Second, allow us debunk the imagining of the conquest as a defensive deed. The sole piece of evidence cited for this seems to be this sword memorial. The Star Scourge conflict. Radan alone holds Celia secure, and stands tall to shatter the stars. Hither's the thing, though. Hold secure. I, a military context, doesn't necessarily mean defend. It means occupy. In-game evidence points to that being a far more accurate description of what he was doing. To review... There are star-spawn monsters all over the map ere thou I meet Radan, e'en though he's been freezing the stars since he was a youth. Star-scourge heirloom, the mightiest hero of the demigods confronted the falling stars alone, and thus didst he crush him, his conquest sealing the most fate of the stars. Seats where thou find monsters and meteor craters include Mount Gelmir, the crater-pocked glade, Altus, and the consecrated snowfield. He's not actually stopping Starspawn from entering. Killing Radan causes non-new Starspawn to discover up. No one at all is concerned about damage to the lands twixt caused by killing Radan and dispelling his spell, least of all his meatest friend Jeren. In fact, killing Radan and getting rid of his star-freezing spell hath no negative effects at all, for anyone. Everyone's fates resume, lights reappear, I the Welkin, and that's handsome much it. The closest to a negative impact is that a single meteor hits the mistwoods, yet check closely on that seat. It doesn't hit anywhere close to where people actually live. It only hits empty wilderness. I fact, 
it doesn't so much as a mite singe long abandoned racks. The impacted spot doesn't even hast any animals living in it. Tis just grass and trees. I'd almost guess that the meteor was deliberately aimed to negate collateral, so he wasn't bearing back the stars to defend anyone, and there's firm set evidence that twere an offensive deed on his part. Note the name of the collapsing stars spell, and Radan's quote, I its description. One of the glintstone sorceries that manipulates gravitational forces, fires numerous gravitational projectiles. Any foes struck will be pulled toward the caster. Charging enhances potency, a gravitational technique mastered by the young Radon. I thank you for your tutelage, for now I can challenge the stars. Radon credits this spell with letting him challenge the stars. Not beat challenge, the thing that let him compose it a fight, I the first place. Note also the name. What doth it doth? It pulls things down to the caster. Haply things I the welkin. Haply that's why he hath another spell bid Starcaller cry which specifically pulls things I the welkin down to the earth. He e'en screams at the welkin to compose the point clear. Starcaller cry, bring the two swords together and roar into the skies, pulling in enemies with a gravitational wave. So for what hath he doth it? A plausible explanation is truly personal glory. He idolized Godfrey, a bloodthirsty conqueror whom didn't want this defense malarkey to genocide or enslave fools. We what Radan wanted to live up to his legend. Radan's lion armor. The golden lion is said to symbolize Godfrey, the Elden Lord, and his beast regent, Serosh. From his youngest years, Radan was naturally captivated by the lord of the battlefield. Radan's red mane helm. Radan inherited the furious, flaming red hair of his father, Radagon, and is fond of its heroic implications. I was born a champion's cub. Now I am the lord of the battlefield's lion. Yet there's belike mo to it than that. What follows is the most important part of Radan's lore that people I seem to miss. Radan freezing fate is good for the golden decree and ill for its rivals. Check the item description of the telescope. During the age of the Erd Tree, Carrion astrology withered on the vine. The fate once writ in the night skies had been fettered by the Golden Order, or the astrologer set. They read fate in the stars and are said to be heirs of the Glintstone sorcerers. But alas, the night sky no longer cradles fate. Or Saluvis's dialogue about the amber starlight item tied to the Halig Tree. Goodness gracious, the way it glistens, utterly enchanting. To think this was once a demigod's very fate. Or the finger slayer blade. This blood-drenched fetish is proof of the high treason committed by the Eternal City and symbolizes its downfall. Cannot be wielded by those without a fate, but is said to be able to harm the greater will and its vassals. His actions clearly are not unintentional. E.g. apparently didn't what what Radan was accomplishing, I bearing back the stars though he also thinks he's a blinking idiot for not figuring it out, so there's that. Oh no, wait. How did I not see it before? I ought to retire as war counselor for such a gross oversight. Let me explain. The fate of the Carrion royal family is guided by the stars, as is the fate of Lady Rani, first heir in the Carrion royal line. But General Radon is the conqueror of the stars, who stood up to the swirling constellations, halting their movement in a smashing victory. And so, if General Radon were defeated, the stars would once again resume their movement. 
as would Lady Ronnie's destiny, perhaps even revealing the elusive path. That leads to Nokron. Yet Jaren, Radon's lieutenant, knew exactly what Radon was doing. Ere thou I say to him, Jaren knows that Radon's blocking Rani's fate. He dangles the possibility of fate being resumed. I front of thou so thou shall attend the Radon festival and dispatch the mad general. Jaren himself doesn't seem to be devoted to Radon's cause. In fact, he tells thou himself that he considers Radon to be dead already. He just wants to fulfill his blood oath, so he leave. Which he doth, right after thou dispatch Radon. Jaren doesn't even seem to care whom will become Elden Lord granted that he also dangles Radon's great rune, eye front of the festival goers as a prize. Then you must serve Princess Rani. The next time you speak to Eiji, tell him this. The festival of Radon will surely set Rani's fate into motion. Champions, prepare for battle. Defeat the general, claim glory, and grab the great rune. So Radon was bearing back the stars to handicap his rivals, not to defend anyone, and he conquered them I the first place for personal glory, and because it served the needs of the Golden Decree. Yet there's still one extra piece to all of this, but like the most important part of this place, Radon also conquered the stars to keep the Nox people broken and imprisoned. Read E.G.'s dialogue again as well as the Finger Slayer Blade item description. The Nox were banished underground by the Ranker Shall for plotting against it. This isn't the only item description that references that fact. The Mimic Tear item description Ian says they were trying to compose their own lord. Mimic Tears are the result of an attempt by the Eternal City to forge a lord. E.g., Morga, his ignorance, I other star-related matters, knows that only by unfreezing the stars can the path to the Nox's eternal town be dupped, which ends up happening. Ian Blade knows that, granted what he says after Radan is killed. And the path has now been cleared, to Nokron, where Rani's fate will be decided. And where is this eternal town? White is right underneath Radan's home. Radan is most literally keeping him down. Yet is there any other evidence of antagonism twixt Radan and the Nox? Yes. There is. Every Nox armor set includes this line. Long ago, the Nox invoked the ire of the greater will and were banished deep underground. Now they live under a false night sky in eternal anticipation of their liege, of the coming age of the stars and their lord of night. Every Nox wishes for the age of the stars when they finally be free of their shackles. Note also that the Nox were ravaged by a star spawn apparently after being imprisoned by the Ranker Shell, as they didn't live under a false welkin till after they were banished. And Radan doth naught about this powerful star monster under his territory, either unknowing or uncaring of what tis doing below. Remembrance of the Natural Born A malformed star born in the flightless void far away, once destroyed an eternal city and took away their sky, a falling star of ill omen. Yet that's not all. Investigating Celia and its surroundings indicates whoever rules Kalid, i.e. Radon, or the local government of Celia would they had autonomy, seems to hast a burning envy for aught Nox-related. Note where thou find the Nox Knight sorceries. Ambush shard, on a tortured corpse, eye the witchbane racks, effectively a jail cell, guarded by marionette soldiers, 
of the light type used by the Raya Lucarian and Selian sorcerers. Eternal darkness, on a corpse, either swamp lookout tower's jail cell. Night comet, on a chest, I a mightly room I cellia locked by a carrion magic seal. Night maiden's mist, and night shard, sold by Gowrie, quoth I his sage set to be an exile from Celia, driven from town for being a heretic. Attire of the wise sages whom were deemed heretical, evidence that the wearer was driven from town. And no, it wasn't because he was a rot cultist. Gowrie says himself he didn't become a rot cultist till way later, after Celia was surprised. Since millennia fought Radon, and the great scarlet flower blossomed I Eonia, I has dedicated myself to her, and to the resplendence of the decree of rot. Thou find signs of broil and Michaela's lilies, which only drop from Halligtree troops, all over Celia too, so apparently millennia's power besieged and surprised it well prior to the bloom at Aeonia. Mo critically, note the seat of the Nox swordstress and Nox priest duo boss. Thou finder my Celia, I a room locked by a carrion magic seal, their prisoners. The seal isn't there for their protection either, as an identical seal locks Lusat I a like room, and the Celian sealbreaker item description says this. Glintstone key received from the sorceress Selin, capable of breaking the seal that keeps Master Lusat confined. Celia, town of sorcery can be found in Kaelid. This key was said to have been found in the possession of a Selian sorcerer. Note also that Lusat's staff is in the same room as the Nox prisoners, and I, that's basically it. Hence, to recap, Radan conquered the stars to handicap his rivals and keep the Nox people imprisoned. His motivation for this was a combination of power, personal glory, and it fitting the needs of the Golden Decree.